and, and our goal is to build an environment uh, where someone programming on their phone in India has access to the same compute resources as someone as a professional uh, developer in Silicon Valley. We, we think uh, amazing things start to happen when the world starts to open up in, in that way. AI, a rapidly evolving field that has the potential to transform every aspect of our lives, from the way we work and communicate to the way we think about and solve problems. Join me as I chat with the movers and shakers in the industry about the latest advancements in AI and how they're changing the way we live, work, and interact with technology. My name is Kevin Rosenquist. Welcome to Zero Shot. My guest today is Reza Shabani, an engineer from Replit, a company known for its accessible and versatile browser-based coding platform. Replit offers real-time collaboration, supports numerous programming languages, and focuses on enhancing education through its innovative features, including their AI-powered programming partner, Ghostwriter. Reza, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'd like to start by talking about what makes Replit Replit. So uh, your company's focus is clearly on ease of use uh, and making everything as stress-free as possible for software creators. Talk about the ways in which Replit achieves that. Yeah, um, Replit is a, is a browser-first IDE. It's cloud-native. Um, it lives uh, in, in your browser, it lives online. You don't need to actually install anything on your computer. You can just go online, open a browser, and start coding immediately. And um, this is uh, we, something we take for granted nowadays, but um, if you consider something like Google Docs, uh, for example, um, the alternative before Google Docs came around is you had to install Microsoft Office or some other suite onto your laptop. Um, you would have a document, and if you wanted to share it with a friend, you would have to email it to them. They would have to download it, open it. I mean, it was just a really antiquated way of doing things. And then with Google Docs, I can just open a browser, start typing something, start creating a spreadsheet. Um, and, and you can join me in that in that document. We can collaborate in real time, make changes, suggest edits in real time. Replit brings all of that into coding. Um, and so you and I can hop into the same REPL. We can pick from one of, I think, something like 50 languages that are supported on, on the site. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, There's no a, ton, installation. a ton of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, no installation required. Uh, you just start creating software immediately and, and you know, code with friends uh, in multiplayer sessions, um, write code, run code, and, and deploy it to the cloud for, for the world to share in just a matter of minutes. That's incredible. And, and describe Ghostwriter for me and how it integrates within the Replit ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, so Ghostwriter is a uh, AI model that we use both for um, code completion and your, you can think of it as your partner in code. Um, so a much more advanced uh, version of, of Clippy, uh, we like to, to joke. So um, that means that uh, like one of the features of Ghostwriter is code completion. So as I start to type um, code, I might start to write the name of a function for example, um, you know, split a list into equal size batches or something, and and Ghostwriter will start to fill in what what it predicts like the next um, uh, thing I'm going to type, and so it allows me to to code much faster. Um, it's it's very smart, uh, autocomplete. They can fill out entire blocks of code. It can add comments, test cases, uh, anything else that that you like, and so. Um, it, it's it's something that just helps you uh, complete the code and, and write code much much faster. Um, that's our Ghostwriter code completion uh, product, and that's available in the Replit IDE. 
Um, again, all of it is online. You don't have to install anything. Um, it's, it just is up and running and, and works. Um, so then we also have, uh, in addition to Ghostwriter Code Complete, we also have Ghostwriter Chat. And you can think of this as your AI pair programmer. We were actually the very first to ship um, a chat-based product uh, where the, the chat um, AI is actually integrated right into your IDE. Mm-hmm. And so um, you don't actually need to tell it what code you have. You don't need to ask it about a particular um, you know, block of code. Uh, a lot of times the way that people were using uh, these chat models um, is they would copy some code they're working on. They would go to chat GPT, they would paste it there and, mm-hmm. and kind of spend all of this time just giving the model the context in order sure. to then ask the question. Mm-hmm. With Ghostwriter chat, um, Ghostwriter knows about your files, it knows about your project, it knows what languages you're running, the, the code in your files, and you can just ask it um, about the code that's in, in your files. You can ask it to generate new code for you. You can ask it to explain what a particular function does. You can even ask it, how do I improve my code? Like, what are some suggestions for ways for me to improve my code? And um, and Ghostwriter will give you uh, fantastic suggestions. Like, you should add, add doc strings or increase the improve the time complexity of um, of your models, or um, you know, uh, add tests. And and you can ask it to write you tests, and it'll do so. Um, so it's really uh, an AI pair programmer uh, is is what how we think of it. Um, we all use it as we're coding inside of Replit and, and wonder how we ever lived without it, honestly. Um, once you have that like, kind why of... Why would like, anyone use anything other than... I mean, that's like that's a game changer. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, it and, and the more that we integrate it within the IDE, the more that becomes the case. Uh, when we were building Ghostwriter Chat, actually, one of the features we were building, we, we built this during Hack Week um, in, in January. And shipped it just less than a month later. Wow. Um, and one of the features we were building is uh, Ghostwriter Debugger. And so um, whenever you run your code uh, on, on Replit and, and your code throws an error, Ghostwriter kind of detects that automatically and shows you a little pop-up and it says, you know, error detected. Do you want to debug this with, with Ghostwriter? So it's a proactive wow. um, debugger. And when you click it, it'll take a look at your project. It'll take a look at the error that was produced and tell you exactly where the error came from in your, in your code and what you should do to, to fix it. And um, I still remember during hack week, it was so useful that people were working on different projects and everyone was trying to get their hands on ghostwriter debugger to debug their code. Like it's, it's just become such a pivotal um, part of our workflow. Um, and, and we think it's incredibly powerful for, for developers who um, also could be like on the clock and um, uh, you know, the, these are like expensive professionals that need to get unblocked and, sure. and uh, an AI like ghostwriter can, um, you know, get you unstuck and, and save you hours of work when you're trying to debug and going around the internet trying to search for a solution. Yeah. I mean, we've all, you know, I, I'm, I'm certainly not a, a, the coder you are, but, but I mean, how many times I've spent on a variety of websites trying to figure out what I did wrong and, uh, and why it's not working. I mean, that's, that's humongous. I mean, I, it, it, it has to like help developers in the AI, AI space to rapidly prototype test, iterate on projects. I mean, that's got to like, Again, I used the word game changer earlier. I mean, it sounds like it, it could, and, and and I'm imagining it's it's really useful for beginners and as well as advanced coders. 
Yeah, exactly. That's actually one of the most exciting things about working uh, uh, on AI at Replit is that um, I'm really passionate about the fact that we can actually use AI for for good. I mm -hmm. mean, in this case, teaching people how to how to code, which is kind of um, you know, Replit is is the top platform for that, and and we have tons of people who first learn how to code on on Replit. I'm not surprised because um, it's sort of real time. It's real time adjusting. You know, it's not like you said. It's not pasting into a forum, waiting a day or so for people to get back to you, and then going back and figuring out what you did. It's all real time. You, everyone learns exactly. better that way, <laughs> right? Uh, there's a big community on on Replit. Um, people learn how to code from one another. You can you can post your um, your projects in the community for people to to share, to comment on, to fork, and and to to kind of remix. Um, and, and it's really easy to collaborate with one another. I mean, you just hop into the same REPL, um, collaborate, and, and you can work with people of all different skills and, uh, and ghostwriters, you know, um, there to, to help you all out, whether you're a really advanced programmer or you're just starting out and wondering, you know, how to write um, some basic code or wondering what some uh, basic block of code does. Yeah, you mentioned the real-time collaboration. That was one of the things I you definitely stress on your website and is super, super intriguing. Can you share some examples of how this feature has enhanced teamwork and innovation, particularly teams in the AI space? Um, yeah, so uh, a lot of a lot of what we do at Replit, um, we increasingly are dogfooding our, our own product. Um, so one of the things is, that's really um, nice about it is, uh, you know, we take all of our notes um, and and keep track of a lot of our projects in, in Replit itself. Uh, we write code in there, we create docs in there, um, and, and we, you know, search in there and we're always kind of collaborating in there, um, in, in real time. Um, and there are some, uh, improvements we need to make to make it, um, better for like all professional developers, uh, so that they can kind of ship, um, so that companies will be able to ship, uh, their, their software from, from Replit. And we're working on a lot of those features right now. Um, in the AI space in particular, uh, one thing that's becoming increasingly popular are all these packages, um, programming packages that allow you to call the power of, of large language models. So um, making calls out to OpenAI's APIs or um, Anthropic's APIs and, and soon Google's APIs, um, being able to, to call out to these various large language models and get some response back from, uh, from an AI model. Um, there are really popular programming uh, frameworks out there now. Um, Langchain is one of them. And so what this allows you to do is it allows you to um, reason through the steps of, of accomplishing a, a task. Um, and, and so, you know, you could, you could ask it to write an app and it'll reason through the various steps. And, and some of those steps um, in this kind of chain of thought are, uh, you know, it might it might uh, ask to summarize some text. It might search the web for some information and then use that in the next step. Um, all of all of this uh, requires like a, a ground where or a playground where you can prototype something very quickly and get that in front of um, in front of users. And uh, Replit is actually the perfect place to do that. So when you, whenever you have an idea and you want to go from um, your idea to writing a few lines of code. And then sharing a website with the world where they can actually um, use use your code. Uh, Replit tends to be the the best place for that. Your environment's already set up. We have tons of templates for you to get started with, and we have hosting kind of built in. And so what you're seeing now is people are coming onto onto Replit, um, creating these very cool AI apps and sharing them in the with the world in in minutes. 
um, Amjad was saying, our, our CEO and, and founder, um, all of the examples that he's seeing on Twitter of GPT-4, ChatGPT, all of the things that people are building with it, um, they all happen to be on, on Replit because it's just the fastest place to hop in there, um, collaborate, and, uh, and host a, a website with just a few clicks and share that out with the world, say, on Twitter or anywhere else. Yeah, that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. So the importance of educating young people on AI is going to be hugely important very soon. It, it might be, some might consider it important right now. Uh, how does Replit plan to further support educators and students in learning AI-related skills? And, and what role does Replit's uh, teams for education uh, play in achieving this goal? Um, so one of the things that we did with uh, Teams for, for Education is we actually made it free and, and available to um, to educators. It used to be a, a paid product. Um, we believe strongly in, in empowering uh, communities like all, all around the world. Um, we uh, a, a big part of what we do on Replit is we basically give people free computers. Um, and, and our goal is to build an environment uh, where someone programming on their phone in India has access to the same compute resources as someone as a professional uh, developer in Silicon Valley. We, we think uh, amazing things start to happen when the world starts to open up in, in that way. Um, so, uh, of course, that means supporting uh, educational institutions, supporting people who can't, um, uh, can't afford to buy computers and, and may want you know, access to, say, GPUs or AI, um, we have like our bounties product out there, for example, where people can do work and earn bounties, um, uh, earn cycles and, and get paid for their work. And, and we find that a lot of those people end up then spending that, uh, res those resources, uh, back on, um, on Replit to, to do more work or to buy Ghostwriter and, and buy some of these, um, other products. Um, in terms of education itself, we have, uh, we have a number of different programs to, to help people continue to learn the code. Our 100 Days of Code has been an incredibly um, popular program, and uh, some of the things that we're that we're looking at right now is how can we continue to um, support those programs and potentially make Ghostwriter free for um, you know the, these kind of educational use cases. Yeah. Um, one of the big goals on, in particular for for my team as well, as we train our own large language models, um, we would love to at some point. Um, as these models get more powerful and they become kind of smaller and and more efficient and less costly, uh, we would love to bring this to you know AI code completion and AI powered software creation to, um, to to everyone in the world for free. So that's a that's a huge part of what we want to do. And of course, educational institutions are, are a big beneficiary of that. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And you know, the, the AI obviously it's no secret to anyone. It's it's evolving at an insane rate of speed is it's got to be difficult to keep up as a company. Like what, what do you guys have to do to ensure that your platform stays up to date? I mean, it, it's gotta be a, a monumental task. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, I think, I think that's always been in Replit's DNA from the start. Um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that, uh, there's no substitute for, for good decision-making and good judgment um, great decisions, um, tech, whether they be technical decisions, strategic decisions, will just continue to compound one one over another. And um, and over the course of many years, you end up building a, a product like 
uh, like Replit. I mean, Amjad and Haya have, have been at this for a long time. They built this company from the ground up, um, had so many different directions that they could have gone in and, and made tons of those great decisions along the way. And here they are with a platform with 20 million developers all, all around the world. Um, we kind of continue that and, and you know, they continue to lead uh, in in that way. And a, a lot of what we do is we make really good technical decisions. We um, uh, tend to be ahead of the curve on pretty much everything uh, and, and all of these um, various areas. I mean, starting with cloud and cloud native, like Replit was cloud from day one. Um, we were ahead of the mobile curve and, and you know, we have a mobile app and, and have uh, Replit accessible on on mobile um, and then and now AI. I mean, we were one of the very first adopters of, of AI and continue to stay ahead. Um, you know, we were the first to kind of launch a, a chat product uh, and integrated AI right in your IDE, the first with a, a proactive debugger. Um, we move very quickly when we build at Replit, uh, but we make really strategic decisions and kind of um, t- take these big strategic bets with limited resources and limited information. And, and we've done um, a, a great job so far at staying ahead of the curve and kind of anticipating, uh, you know, what's being built in, in the space and what's the best way that we can incorporate it into our product. In your perspective as an engineer in working in the AI space, what do you believe are the most significant challenges facing AI development and how can the industry address these challenges to continue pushing the boundaries of innovation? So I, I think it's a great question. I think that um, there are a lot of challenges when when building with, with AI, both today and um, challenges that we can't anticipate yet that are going to, to come up. But I think there's also an incredible untapped potential. And uh, the risk that I see is that we don't make AI uh, open enough and we don't give access to enough um, people, whether they be developers, uh, um, regular sort of of users or consumers of of these models. Um, Compute uh, has been pretty expensive and and prohibitively so until very recently for for a lot of these AI models. Um, And, uh, you know, that creates... uh, a two-class system where you either have the money to pay for these expensive API calls to, to access AI or, or you don't. Yeah. Um, now, prices continue to drop and, you know, chat GPT or uh, GPT 3.5 Turbo is like 10 times cheaper than its predecessor um, just in the past couple months. We think this is going to continue and, and this trend is going to continue. Um, and I think that... Uh, at Replit, what we want to do is continue to bring these models to people who can actually build with them um, so that they're not just consumers of uh, models from uh, from large uh, tech companies that, that provide them, but they can actually uh, uh, create innovative tools, create in- innovative technologies, create um, applications that rely on code, on infrastructure. Um, and, and the challenge is getting that um, AI to our users at, at low cost. Um, Again, we provide free computers to people and we do it for, for you know, pennies uh, in terms of what it costs us for, for uh, each of our monthly active users. And AI presents a, a challenge there um, and, and we continue to kind of work on um, building smaller, more capable models 
um, that that we can give to users for a fraction of the cost. How did you get involved in AI? Uh, good question. I mean, I've been uh, uh, I've always been the the type to um, mess around with data, mess around with um, uh, you know computers and and whatnot. Um, I think the first first crack I took at natural language processing. This was uh, this was a while back um, in 2009. Getting my dissertation at, at Berkeley, and for my um, dissertation, that is a while ago. I, I mean, and, and also, yeah, you know, especially in this space, that's a while ago. <laughs> oh, I mean, we didn't back then. We didn't even have cloud computing or, or anything. I mean, it wasn't uh, AI. wasn't even like big data wasn't even yet a, a buzzword, and mm-hmm. we've, we've come a long ways uh, since then. So, so this for is sure. a while back. Um, I, I, and I'd always uh, loved doing these various types of projects um, that required massive data gathering and and um, analysis and and with some cool application of it. So for my dissertation, I uh, I ended up writing code to um, record CNBC, the financial news network, uh, every single day for ten hours a day, and then um, I would take the recording and I would extract the closed captions from the video file. And then I would create, use that to create a second-by-second transcript of, of CNBC. Um, I could go in there, tag company names, and then I could look and see like what happens within seconds of a company being mentioned on news, what happens to their stock price and trading volume, um, and, wow. and relate that back to what was said about the company, whether this was positive words, negative mentions, um, the context in which it was, it was discussed. Um, and ever since then, I've kind of just loved... Uh, doing projects like that. And, and, you know, NLP has come a, a long, long way since then. Um, you know, after, after my dissertation, I uh, worked in, in tech for a bit and I worked in quantitative finance where we used um, a, a lot of these skills, a lot of uh, ML and NLP to come up with quantitative trading strategies for, for client portfolios. And so you might do things like read the transcript of conference calls to, to get a sense of where a company's business is headed over the next several months. Um, and, and again, the, the models during that time were capable, but still evolving. Uh, Transformers really changed things, um, you know, for, uh, for, for NLP and, and game has never really been the same since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been working on, um, on NLP in in some form uh, for, you know, I guess what, 14 years now. Um, and, uh, and have always been kind of fascinated by it. And, and, uh, a lot of what we're able to do now is just going so beyond the realms of anything that anyone would have thought imaginable, like, yeah, for, for uh, real. you know, 10 and years quickly. ago, or even honestly, two years ago. Yeah. A year exactly. or two ago. Yeah. It's, it's totally different. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. How, how, what do you think makes a great AI engineer? Yeah. So I think, uh, I think one of the things that makes a great AI engineer is is a good imagination. Um, oftentimes, we're so kind of stuck in our in our ways of of the tools that we have today, the code that we can write, the the ways in which we can run it, that um, we don't actually stop and think about the bigger picture and and the problems that we could probably be solving with with AI if we're applying it at a at a much bigger level. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, so. Ghostwriter has a code completion feature where it'll look at the code in your in your file and look at the code in adjacent files and 
and um, suggest the completion. And, and oftentimes it'll be a really good completion. It'll be what either way you were looking for or you didn't even yet know you were looking for it. Um, that's always great. And we're, we're still using that to kind of write code. Um, but, but what you really want is you want an engineer who's going to take that a step further and think, okay, well, um, how can I use this to build software and, and launch a, a website actually? Um, I, you know, on Replit, we kind of abstract away the cloud services behind, um, uh, behind computers. And so you come on to Replit, you can start coding in an IDE. You don't need to worry about storage. You don't need to worry about provisioning a server or authentication or, um, or, or any of that. Um, what if we took that same level of automation that we see in Ghostwriter chat or um, Ghostwriter code completion and apply it to actually building infrastructure? Like I want to be able to launch a website and um, I want uh, Ghostwriter to summarize the kind of uh, traffic that I'm receiving and maybe make recommendations about um, uh, how I can improve the, the performance of, of my site. It might tell me something like your memcache is running slow, you should deploy a database and, and you know maybe Postgres is the right database to, to use here. Here are the various schemas you can use and, and here are the trade-offs in, in those two approaches. So we're always looking for someone who is very curious, has a great imagination and wants to um, build things that people aren't even thinking of, of today. Um, I would say uh, another is the person has to have a really good blend of, of both an engineering and research mindset. Um, oftentimes you need, uh, you know, the uh, people who work in AI are, are very research-minded in general. They're curious. They kind of want to um, conduct research on different types of models and, and approaches and, and um, uh, how, how you can interact with these various AI models. Um, what makes that researcher a very, uh, a very dangerous engineer is their ability to kind of take that um, and apply it to... Uh, apply to a website, apply to a toolkit, get it in front of users in a, in a very quick way. Um, so, you know, we both train our own AI models and, and use other sort of open source and proprietary AI models. Um, uh, but, but we're also very good at actually building the product to deliver those models to, um, to the end user. And so um, I think that's critical as well. You, you have to be a really good engineer to, um, to, to be a good AI engineer. Um, and I would say probably the last uh, thing is someone that can take strategic bets and, and do so with limited resources. Mm -hmm. And so AI can be a big um, time sink and, and um, a, a sink in terms of resources, time, money, and, and everything else. And things are just moving so quickly uh, that you, you want someone who can see a few steps ahead and... Um, be able to, uh, to to take strategic bets and, and decide what's worth focusing on and um, uh, and what's going to distinguish our product from you know the, the many many other types of AI products that are coming out now that may very well just be obsolete within within a month even though they were cutting edge at you know the day that they came out. Yeah, staying ahead is that's that's going to be the key. That's what we're going to watch over the next months and years to see who was able to do that and who wasn't. Yeah. And it starts with a good team, right? <laughs> absolutely. And that's one of the great things about uh, Replit as well is I think um, 
the engineering team at Replit is is uh, just amazing. I mean, we have uh, we actually had an engineer who started today, and I was um, uh, sorry, started last week, and I was scrolling through Slack today, and and they just had this message that was like, "Wow, everyone I've speak I've I've met at Replit is just so OP. They're just so incredible, and they they know their stuff so well." And, and, you know, it, it is really just a nerd fest of really talented, <laughs> really, really strong engineers. Um, everyone knows their stuff. Everyone um, is, is really full stack and hands-on. And, you know, I learned from, uh, uh, you know, platform engineers, from workspace engineers, and product engineers, and SREs. And um, our, our team is just unmatched in terms of uh, the type of people you'd be working with, especially if you were working on on AI. Um, we have a researcher who's the former head of uh, code generation, uh, uh, AI code generation at, at Google. It's um, a pretty our, good thing to have in your our, resume. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think so. And uh, we have an SRE who helps us kind of scale these, these large models um, and, and serve them in production uh, in a way that we can serve, you know, um, users who are, who are typing in their real time production workloads. Um, and, and his name's Bradley. Bradley was uh, employee number seven at YouTube. And so he's seen quite a, quite a few things when it comes to like scaling models and scaling. Another good one for the resume. <laughs> yeah. It, I'm the, the team that, that we get to work with in this process is just uh, absolutely incredible. And, and to be surrounded by like that much talent in a world, in a, in an environment where you're then, you know, able to, to work with them, learn from them and, and ship AI models in the process, I think is, uh, is, a, is a fantastic opportunity. A more general personal question, if you will, what are you most excited about when it comes to the future of AI and, and what are you most concerned about? Um, great question. I'm most excited about the ability to empower people um, to to be able to do uh, things that they couldn't previously do, and so um, I, I mentioned previously, like you know, you have you have uh, the kid who in India is coding on their phone um, and using uh, something like Ghostwriter, being able to do the same thing that. Uh, the developer in Silicon Valley at a, at a um, you know, high paying job can do. And, and I think that's incredibly powerful and um, getting, teaching people a, a very essential kind of life skill, especially as we go into the future um, and, and being part of uh, AI development that actually helps people um, and, 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 you know, helps you find a job or get a job or improve your skill set as opposed to, uh, you know, something that like might take jobs away. Um, so I'm really excited about, about that. And in particular, um, what types of skills we can help people with, uh, not just with coding, but, um, I, I think as coding becomes more increasingly important with, um, the, the creation of software and software building and hosting apps and deploying apps and sharing apps and, and, um, I'm I'm just really passionate about about that about mm-hmm. the ability to help people um, realize their potential and, and pick up new skills. Um, in terms of what I'm concerned about, 
I think that um, you know, any time that you create good in the world, there's going to be um, people. Uh, there, there's going to be nefarious use cases for them, and and AI certainly is uh, troubling in in that regard. Sure. Um, I'm less worried about AGI taking over the world and and whatnot, though. Ask me again in six months, and, and I might be a lot more worried about it then. Um, but I'm much more kind of worried about like unintended consequences um, that uh, of the types of things that we can't um, predict, and how nefarious, uh, you know, use cases of, of that might go. Sure. And so, whether that's things like deep fakes, spreading misinformation, um, you know, uh, any any type of uh, any, any application of AI that uh, isn't for ad- advancing human interest and, and common interest, I think is is pretty um, uh, scary. Um, I do think be able that to in- catch up. I feel like it might take some time, but it, when every time we we add some new technology, if you know, it feels like we're able to to figure out ways to to at least somewhat mitigate the nefarious stuff you mentioned is that is AI different do you think is it is it more is it will it be more difficult to reach that um i don't think so i think with time we will reach that um and and you're right i mean when the internet came out there like the internet was also used for a lot of terrible things and and still is but cell phones social media like the you know the list goes on pretty much all of it um and and i think ai is a kind of new medium for that for like um you know the the example that everyone kind of uses when they discuss this which is uh really frustrating actually is everyone kind of talks about how chat gpt is going to help people cheat on on their homework mm-hmm. and and it's kind of like the the, the least useful example of <laughs> of the effects of ai on on society i think because uh, for, for you know, for any number of reasons, but uh, but especially because it's just the to me, it's just the next kind of iteration of of how you retrieve information, and um, and that's that one in particular is uh, you know maybe just touches such a, a broad um, range of uh, of people that that it's just kind of like a go to case. Well, to but, your point, um, to your point before, the internet had the same issue, you know, when exactly. like, that was a whole thing yeah. of plagiarism and, 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 and stuff. So that, that we've, we've heard this one before. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, you know, Wikipedia was the reason that people would stop learning, but actually I learned a ton from Wikipedia totally. and, Me too. and I don't think that, you know, going to the library and getting a physical book and getting, you know, probably outdated information <laughs> or, or information that isn't um, contextually linked uh, it you know is is a much is is a worse way of, of learning things, yeah, and I agree. so I think um, in, in the same way that search and and the web kind of opened up what what's possible to seek out and find, I think AI is doing that as well, and I think we're in the very early kind of stages. So people are doing all types of things like prompt engineering and and whatnot that will will probably seem a pretty silly in in a few years time Mm -hmm. that you know people had to do that that type of prompt engineering um these models are going to get a lot better and and information retrieval is is going to get uh, a lot better in this process um i also think that there's going to be that one of the big 
opportunities for, for AI is not just um, right, right now information retrieval through search is a very, uh, it's very much a one way street. I'm, I'm putting something into a, uh, into a box, getting back some information. And I think that's going to change and become much more um, interactive and, and more of a facilitated conversation. And I, and I think that AI is going to transform entire industries in just, just that regard, just mm-hmm. its ability to kind of keep context and, and um, help you take multiple steps uh, in, in whatever you're trying to, to achieve. Um, so I talked about this a little bit with, with Ghostwriter and with, you know, being able to deploy a website and, and switch to a backend database and a schema and whatnot. Um, for people who aren't, you know, familiar with, with databases and backends, uh, you can probably kind of just think about how you book a trip uh, today, right? Um, you might go look for specific dates, you might go look for flights, and then you might go look for hotels or an Airbnb somewhere. And, um, wouldn't it be great if you could do all of that just by talking in the same interface in the same app and Let's say you have a concern because there's like a bar across the street or something. You're wondering, is there a noise here, or, or you know, does my hotel have like construction going on while I'm there? And imagine if the interface could look up city permits to see if there is construction going on on the hotel, and um, and you know, look for noise complaints that have been lodged against that bar, and, and go and search reviews around the area, and um, all of these like highly, highly contextual things that are that are going to change with that ability to kind of come back and ask um you know uh, like iterative round of questions the way you would yeah that's real specific human. that's that's cool i, have, yeah. I haven't i haven't really heard that p- specific thing but that's that's really detailed i like that yeah i think well i think there's a whole range of of um industries where you spend a lot of time in in an echo chamber as you as in a developer or, or a user of that industry um, will spend a lot of time in an echo chamber kind of reading documentation, looking something up, reading something on the web. And I think that's all going to change with, with AI. And in, in one case, it might be someone like an interactive travel agent helping you book your, your trip. In another case, it might be someone helping you find an apartment. In another case, it might be someone helping you scale your, your app um, and, and put a database up for the back end to collect user data and, and make your... Um, your app much more performant. Mm-hmm. Well, it was great talking to you, Reza. The website is replit.com. You can sign up or check out the multitude of templates they offer. Uh, if you're interested in joining a great team, uh, they are hiring as well. So uh, thanks again for being here. I appreciate you joining me. Of course. Thank you. Had a great time. And thanks to everyone watching and listening. Until next time, stay curious, stay creative.